This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer here at the Blue Wire Studios in the lobby of the Wynn Hotel. And it's very rare that I get someone that I think understands marketing better than me, but I think I found him. It's Eric Tozzi. He's a chief marketing officer here in Las Vegas with the Golden Knights. Welcome to The Playbook. Dave, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you because you're so creative. And, you know, hockey is uh, probably the hottest ticket in Las Vegas. And the Golden Knights are leading the way in creativity and co-creativity of marketing from the time that you opened. And it wasn't just that marketing uh, the team to fill up the arena. It was that I think that the emotion that you created through your marketing strategies actually assisted in the team's success, early success, because of the collective energy that was created with all these different programmatic things that were brand new, not just to Las Vegas, but to the NHL as a whole. Yeah, we appreciate that. And, you know, I think in that first year, it was really important for us to make sure that we developed an authentic connection with the community. That was priority number one for us. And from a marketing perspective, finding that appropriate campaign uh, as we learn more about the community, as we learn more about the city that really resonated with this city here, uh, and that was Vegas born. You know, that was something that became so impactful for us in that first year was that we were proud to be the first team here in Vegas, that we weren't relocated here. We were the Vegas-born team. And as we talked to a lot of people, I'm originally from Boston, didn't know a whole lot about Vegas or the people that visit, that lived here. It was more just a tourist, visited um, you know, for work, for fun here and there. But there's, there's a sense of pride of being from Las Vegas. And it's almost when you tell people, you, oh, I live in Las Vegas, it's almost like they assume that you're a poker player or a blackjack dealer, you live, you, you live in a hotel, nothing wrong with that, but there's a lot more to this city and to this community than just the strip. And there's almost a chip on your shoulder when you tell people you're from Vegas and, and people make those assumptions. So Vegas born really connected our team in an organic and authentic way, just because we were Vegas born. We were the first team born and raised in Vegas, but also played into that sense of community pride for those residents and those folks who have called Vegas home and who love this city so much. And the most surprising thing about that to me was I'm from San Diego and we used to joke around. There's no reason why uh, San Diego. I mean, there is a reason why they lost their team is because when you went to a San Diego game, there was more of the visiting fans than there were Charger fans. And I thought it was going to be that exact situation, regardless of your Vegas born, you know, marketing strategy. And but I, w I will tell you, it was just amazing to me. And I think it's more than you know, this idea of Vegas born, it was the amount of engagement. I've never been to a sporting event where the majority of the fans are wearing gear. And it's still that way today. It's incredible. I mean, you, you go to games where there's big home teams, right? Like Kansas City is one of those cities. But even in Kansas City, not every single person is wearing a Chiefs jersey. That's almost true. I mean, I felt out of place not having a Knights jersey the first time. And I'm grateful for you, by the way. You gave me my first Knights jersey, and uh, it made a difference. Why do you think it went beyond just showing up to the games, but it was literally engaging so heavily with the team that they were wearing the colors and putting license plates and all the other things I see here in Las Vegas? Yeah, that's a great observation. And I think it, it was because there was something that was lacking in this community. Again, 2.3 million residents that were here. And I always use the example too, um, you know, growing up in Boston, my kids are going to be, you know, growing up in Boston, that fandom is passed down from generation to generation. 
it's a rite of passage when you go to your first Red Sox game with your with your parents. I got to interrupt you, Eric, because you are from Boston. One of the things that pissed me off the most is when I would land in Boston and they would have this big billboard when you left the airport as you drive out of the airport. And it would say something like, it's been 122 days since our last championship. <laughs> Because yeah. the city wins that many times. Yeah, there was that one. I'm waiting for my first. Yeah, there was that one kid that would hold up a sign and said, "You know, 12 years old, eight parades." You right, know? exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, that that fandom is passed down from generation to generation, and that was lacking in this community. You know, our kids might be going to school together, and they'd be Padres fans, mine would be Red Sox fans, or Chicago. You know, wherever your um, you know, your parents were from, that's generally how you were raised in terms of the sports teams that you were going to support or root for. Uh, but before the Golden Knights, again, that didn't exist here. But once the team came here, there was just another level of a community thread and, and that brought this community together. And it was a night out with your family. It was a date night. Uh, it was a night out with the boys. You could just, there, it, it provided something to this city, something to be something positive. And then you throw in the results of the, of the team that first year. Um, it was the place to be, you know, so that pride of, of representing your city, representing the first team in Vegas, I think played into that. Hey, I got to get that jersey. I got to get that license plate. I want to represent that this is the first team that uh, the city has ever had. And by the way, we, you know, we had that start to the season and end up with a run to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, how could you not root for that team? You know, the castoffs, the Golden Misfits. No other teams wanted them, and they come here to Vegas, and everybody has a career year. Um, and you know, we got feedback too from, which was really interesting to that point about the jerseys. Is that um, when we introduced. Our, uh, you know, our retro jersey, and some, you know, we sometimes would wear white at home. We would have fans be like, "Hey, you know, we didn't know you were wearing that jersey." We, you know, and so they wanted to coordinate what the what they were wearing with what was being worn on the ice. You know, so it's just a whole other level of of, uh, of passion here. And and you go down to the strip, and you go down to T-Mobile, and it's a spectacle. I mean, not even just our jerseys, but they're being matched with gold jackets and just the outfits, Elvis costumes right. that first year too, you know, it's a lot of fun. And that's what makes uh, going to a Golden Knights game so special. And now you have new special retro jerseys that are the first of its kind. Uh, where'd you come up with that idea? And again, just probably even more success than you figured. Yeah, I mean, tremendous collaboration between our group and, and Adidas and really give so much credit to our creative director and, and Brady Hackmeister, who who was really the creative visionary behind this project. But we're always looking to be innovative. We know the level of entertainment here in Vegas is so high and finding opportunities to be, to be first, to be a first mover. And, you know, with our game presentation, like you mentioned, is really a uh, inspiration for others to be able to look to and follow. When it came to our jersey, we really wanted to do something different and, you know, trying to come up with a retro jersey when you're only a six year old franchise, <laughs> isn't the, uh, the easiest, uh, assignment, but, um, you know, leaning into some of those elements that existed here in the 90s, which is where that program came from. The rever reverse retro was ex expected to inspire inspiration from the 90s, the glitz, the glamour, the neon. And so that's where we explored, hey, could we do something glow in the dark? Um, and that's what we came up with. And at first time we have Vegas on the jersey and it glows in the dark. It is the first glow in the dark jersey in all the professional sports. And as a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, do you find freedom you know, comparatively, I'm sure when you were young and getting in the industry, you were like, oh, you know, I want to be a Boston Bruin, you know, CMO. And yet I don't think there's as much freedom when you uh, work for a legacy champion where, you know, the tradition uh, is there and you can't, you know, let's be honest. Some of these ideas that you implemented are hugely successful here. 
you probably would have been fired or at least laughed at if you brought it into a Boston meeting. You're absolutely right. You know, and that's nothing against the original six teams, but the Boston Bruins have been around since 1924. You know, there's a fan base that's been around that long too. And there is more of a rigid structure and kind of a traditional way of doing things. And it works there in Boston. But what was so attractive about this opportunity and really what has been so fun about doing this in Vegas is that you're a hockey team in Vegas. Like that in and of itself is kind of a paradox. It doesn't even make any sense. It, you know, so we're, we don't take ourselves too seriously and we are able and have the empowerment from the highest levels of organization to build fully our own or that we should do things differently and we should try things that don't work in other markets. Like we shouldn't just limit ourselves to a box of what the other 31 hockey teams are doing. And we should lean into what makes Vegas so special, what makes Vegas un so unique and create an experience that's going to get people talking and make an experience that's memorable. And that's what we've been able to do and, and really reinvent and reimagine what the in-arena experience looks like for our National Hockey League game. And you really have in today now beyond the jerseys, what are some of the other things that you've implemented that have been successful that maybe were extremely risky that you thought, well, we'll give it a try because we're allowed here and encouraged to give things a try. Were there any things that, you know, I do this with content myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure this video is going to work. And then all of a sudden it's hugely popular. You know, are there any things coming up or that you've done that have had that result where you may have even questioned the creativity of it? Yeah, I think, you know, previously looking at just that in arena show and having a live element on the ice to, and, and this, again, give so much credit to, to Bill Foley, who, who was talking about this sword in the stone moment where there's a good guy and a bad guy and the knight defeats him and then he pulls the sword out of the stone. <laughs> and, that's, that. and we kind of hear that and we're like, yeah, you know, how is that going to play? But fans loved it. And, you know, that story evolved over time. And then it, it, you know, particularly in the playoffs, when we throw in the ice projection, we're looking at that first year, you know, I always look towards, and, and this is our creative entertainment team, you know, with the, we're playing the Winnipeg Jets. And then, you know, we, I project on the ice a jet and it comes flying towards the night and the night, you know, puts his sword out and it splits it in half. And then it kind of, you know, crashes into the boards and we're like, you know, this is, this is pretty aggressive, but every, you know, fans loved it and everybody, you know, responded so positively to that. It's like, you know, that's, that's thinking things, you know, thinking about things differently. Um, so those are some of the ideas that work, but we haven't been perfect too. I mean, there's been some other instances where some things haven't translated well, but I think that's again, one of the best parts about this organization is that we're not afraid to fail and we'd rather fail doing something that we feel really good about that doesn't work than to never try it. And to that measure, do other teams adopt or utilize some of your ideas and make it their own? Have you, I go to a lot of games and I, I kind of see a lot of kind of trends that seem very Las Vegas-esque to me. Uh, have you seen the influence that you've had on the league as a whole? Yeah, and so, you know, we have this uh, this other in-arena initiative that plays and basically calls out different qualities or where you're sitting in the arena. And if you, you know, if it goes on the screen and you sit in the lower sections, you cheer when it says lower sections. And if you're in the upper sections, you cheer when it says upper sections. And it has this back and forth, men, women, single, married. Um, and then it always ends with tourists, Right, because that again plays into the pride from being from here. They usually be like a little like oh, you know, tourists, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then when it hits locals, then everybody you know makes the loudest noise because again it plays into that pride. And there's always the loudest pop that we have throughout the whole show is that when it ends with tourists and there's a little bit of a buzz depending on who we're playing, and then locals, and then it just hits. And there's a, you know, the other again the biggest pop that you can hear outside of a you know a, a big goal that's scored. So we were playing Minnesota um, in the playoffs. Uh, two years ago, and they actually 
implemented that same um, that same feature, and it just didn't have the same. You know, it didn't translate the same. There wasn't that that end which plays into again the pride from being from here, that chip on your shoulder from being from Vegas of being a local and being proud to support the Golden Knights. That didn't quite translate as well as it does here in Vegas as it did in Minnesota. And how has technology um, looking at what is available today with all types of Web3, AI, uh, different virtual experiences in, you know, in the stands and outside. What are some of the technologies that you like right now in the marketing aspect that are being utilized uh, by the Knights? Yeah, you know, I think that's a lot of what we're looking forward to implementing in future years. Obviously, Web3, AI, you know, Metaverse, those are all areas that are underdeveloped but are obviously evolving um you know we're we're working on rolling out kind of what that um what our strategy will be there and we have a strategy but in terms of it's it's more of a, a next year 2024 um initiative that 23 24 season uh, as opposed to this year but really just from a you know everything from retail how can we make that experience uh more seamless frictionless uh, and it, also in arena in terms of just demographics and a lot of the business intelligence side that we're looking at too, or, are you know, is a big area that falls within our group that is all aimed of improving the overall fan experience. And, you know, coming into, which is the sixth season right now, you're becoming into the seventh season. Um, it does have a lull when you lose that, you know, brand new Stanley cup feeling as it goes. What are you, see is the biggest challenge to keep that engagement level where it's at to keep that you know born in las vegas can it last for decades it requires just a constant reevaluation and to make sure that you're meeting the standard that the fans and locals here expect from you right and so the challenge is really the competition i mean to see how this city has evolved in the last six years since the arrival of the Golden Knights is incredible. And, and just the offerings of, of you know, for any sports fan that lives here with the Raiders coming, with the Aces winning the first title, which is, which is incredible and so great for the city. you got Formula One next year. You have the Super Bowl in 24. you got March Madness now in 28. I mean, even looking at this past weekend, you have two Golden Knights games. You have the Rodeo, which is obviously a huge event here too, uh, coupled with the big UFC championship and you know on in sandwich in between on the saturday night right and that's just a random weekend in december so so that competition here and that's what makes this city so fun and and so exciting to be a part of um and you know you could expect that you know you've seen the rumors too just with nba could couldn't you know could be close mlb could be not too far behind major league soccer has explored here too so there's just so much going on here that for us from a from a marketing perspective and an organization we know the bar you know, we know where the bar is and it's on us to make sure that we're still putting a competitive product on the ice, but we're also engaging our fans in the proper ways. It's making sure that they're having a positive experience and a favorable you know, disposition towards us as well. And it's obvious you're converting uh, people to be Knights fans. So they may move here from cold states or countries. And once they live here, they give up their allegiance to what was their home fan do you see the reverse ever being true where people leave here and you know you have all these Knights fans in Boston and New York because it is a transient type of community and do you see it actually reversing some days where you have these you know fan clubs outside of Las Vegas? I think so. It may take a few more years, but I do think so. And that first year team again, the attachment to that first year team and just how revered that that first year team was is uh, is something that's never going to be broken. That bond is never going to be broken with you know with this community. So 
for those who were there, um, you know, that, that was, were on that journey together and saw that magical Cinderella run all the way to the cup final, I can see a couple of years down the road, if we continue to have some success, you'd see those random outposts or, you know, kind of the Vegas Golden Knights bar in Manhattan, you know, to, to <laughs> where Golden Knights fans that can, can, you know, congregate and watch the game at, uh, at a random bar in, in Midtown. Well, I will tell you this coming from, you know, Orange County, uh, where you know we've had a few championships there and in Los Angeles a few championships there in the NHL I will tell you that uh, we've done a few events corporate events at, at your facility and you're building uh, quite a momentum in Southern California with just all of our corporate friends there that you know as much as we've been to the games in Southern California and won championships no one that came to and we've had several hundreds of people participate uh, at night games now no one's experienced what they've experienced here. So you absolutely, in my opinion, have a great opportunity uh, to have people building those clubs around it because all they have to do is come here once and experience. Uh, it, it, the hardest part is to watch the uh, actual game uh, because there's so many different great things going on during the game that you got to sometimes remember, wait a second, we're, we're here to see this hockey, and it's really great hockey. Um, you're raising your family here. Uh, do you see you staying here as a, as a chief marketing officer, or is there some other job within the Knights organization? As a CMO, you obviously are in line as a front office executive for a lot of opportunity. You know, what would you see personally next for you, staying where you're at, or is there another position that you would love to to fulfill someday? Yeah, no, I love the city. I love this organization, and we've rapidly evolved too. You know, under Bill Foley's guidance, we're now. Uh, you know, he has other business properties and entities in the hospitality and venue space. There's hotels in outside of Portland, Oregon. There's a hotel in Santa Barbara. There's a ranch in uh, Palliser Bay, New Zealand. That's all part of the Foley Entertainment Group portfolio. And we've added minor league sports. We've added the Dollar Loan Center, uh, which is in Henderson, which is a 6,000 seat venue. Um, and we're, we're close to finalizing an, an agreement for a Premier League team. So the, the, ecosystem has rapidly evolved in, uh, and the opportunities evolved with it. So, um, I don't see myself leaving, you know, I think there, the, the opportunity here and, and again, just how special and unique this opportunity is. And I think that's something else too, within the organization is that as we were talking about earlier, just with the competition is that we know it's, we know it's tough here, but that fuels us, that motivates us. And we're not just sitting back and just being like, Hey, we did a great job. Or people think that the show is great. No, we're constantly evaluating. We're constantly looking for new things that we can bring to the show that are going to continue to get people talking and, and continue to wow people when they, when they come and, and wow our fans when they come through. And so that, that fuels us too. So, you know, it, it, they always say that the, you know, you'll hear professional athletes say that it's tough to repeat because everybody's kind of gunning for you. But when you're, you know, when, when, with the success that we've had and, and the recognition from a fan experience and marketing standpoint, you know, we can't just sit back. As soon as you, you know, you start taking it easier, take reps off work outside, that's when you get passed, right? So that's that's the mindset that we have too. Well, the mindset, the heart set, and the handset of Eric Tozzi, Chief Marketing Officer of Las Vegas Knights. They are certainly lucky to have you. And the proof is in the pudding. And the pudding is delicious here in Las Vegas because you are killing it, my friend. I can't wait to have you back on i'm glad and proud to be part of las vegas here with our studio with blue wire here in the lobby of the wind this is david Meltzer with eric tozy 